Many years ago, when I was, when I was working in my first job, I spent a lot of time traveling around the valley. And during that time of traveling around the valley, I, I spent my time uh, praying, thinking about how I could explain geology in simple terms to people with a maybe a, a fifth or sixth grade education, and also uh, listening to the radio. And I happened to catch a radio program. And I don't remember who the speaker is. And I'm really not sure I, under, I remember uh, exactly who the people he was talking about. But there were two prominent, okay. See, I don't have a projector here, a screen to see, to check. Okay, so uh, I'm pretty sure it was, uh, the person who was speaking, he was having a discussion with uh, the pastors, John MacArthur, and David Jeremiah, two prominent men, two godly men uh, in, our, in our cycles, circles today. And they are, and they were having just kind of an open discussion, and they were purported, purported to say, wow. all right, doesn't like that. that they felt in their congregations there were brain wipers on the doors leading out of the sanctuary. And that caught my attention because people flock to these people, these men's churches, to hear what they have to say. And their conclusion was, as they, as they watched their congregation uh, continue on through the weeks, it's gone, nothing I'm saying is sinking in. And that really caught my attention. And I said, how, how could that be? These guys are making, presenting messages uh, that is to, to have love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and from a sincere faith. That's the goal of the instructions. This is like um, the people in the, in the families that prepare all the feasts, when we have these great feasts and holidays, they go through this process of, of going to the store and they, they plan out the meal, they bring, go buy all the products, they make up all the mixes, and then the day comes and they fix it and they get it all set and everything else. And the, uh, the guests arrive, could be family members, whatnot. They show up and they just enjoy the meal to no end. They just they talk about it. Oh, this is so good. Everything is fine. Uh, this is wonderful. And they just and stuff. And they finally they're talking around the table, and they finally finish the meal. And they they thank the person who prepared the meal. That was a wonderful meal. Thank you so much. They let out a big belch, and they go out to watch the football game, or to participate in some other activities. And another, there's never another thought to the feast. The pastors spend hours, if not days, studying the Word of God, looking, researching, trying to figure out what it is, to present to the congregations around the world what they have found from the Word of God. And the people get up, they walk out the door, and 
it's gone because we're on our ways to what's going on during the day. Well, this thought has been simmering around in the, on the back burner of my mind for, for a decade. Why? This doesn't make any sense. And then a couple months ago, there was some clarity. I said, oh, I think I understand why. First, are their observations true? Okay. I don't, ex don't raise your hands. Don't respond to this in any way. Don't give me any body language. Just answer to yourself. What was last week's sermon about? What was two weeks ago's sermon about? Oh, that's easy. It was about, it was Easter. So it was about uh, Jesus. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Okay. What was three... What was the Dark Ages about? What was, <laughs> what was three weeks ago about? Well, now we're, boy, this is, this is getting tougher and tougher. Uh, we had a missionary here. And what did he talk about? And it's kind of like, uh, missionary stuff. Well, not exactly. Oh, good. This is, this is going to get to be the part. Okay, so, but we're off the hook a little bit. Because if you're like me, sometimes you're listening to the message, and you're still thinking about one of those hymns that you sang, how that touched your heart. Or you might be thinking about someone that you just met coming in, and they expressed a concern they had, or they, they were glad to see you or something, and say, that was really nice. Or there was the last point that the, the speaker made, and you go, yeah, that's got some application in my life. I, you know, and you get sidetracked working on that. And so you don't hear the next point, and you don't hear the point after that. And sometimes you don't even hear the rest of the message. And it takes you off on this world, and, and if you talk to pastors for any length of time, you'll find out that, that people say, Pastor, that was a magnificent uh, message and I figured out how to finish building my boat. <laughs> I could understand if the message was about Noah, but that's... But you get, your mind starts going down various trails and you get distracted and you just... Um, there's just a bunch of, th of things. Plus, it could be just a matter that you're concerned about that problem that you have at home when you get home or at work. So, why does this happen? And it's not just a Sunday morning. I'm going to give you some illustrations. And in my, in my younger years, when my brain was much more uh, fresh and vibrant, It came time for finals, and it was cramming for finals time. And there's a number of different methods for cramming for finals. This one, I did this for the sake of the, the Penner boys, just so they had the math and everything else. But you just kind of back up the thing and trying to dump it into your head because 
you got to regurgitate it the next the next day And then there's this one, you just open up all these books and you're trying to just fill your mind with all this information that as soon as you give that test, what happens with all that information? I had a judge, I was at a conference once and a judge was talking about a great uh, case that, it was, that he presided over and made the ruling on dealing with water law in the state of California. And he was asked at this conference to give his understanding of what was, what was there. And he says, well, it's really tough because judges have what they refer to as a toilet bowl, or a toilet, um, or ba excuse me, a bathtub mentality uh, brain. And he says, so you come up to a case and you put the stopper in the drain and you just fill your mind up with that case. And when the case is over and is resolved, you pick up the plug and you drain it all out because you can't afford to carry all that information. He says, I have no idea what the case was about and I don't know why it was significant. <laughs> and, uh, and that's kind of like when we're cramming for an exam and things like that, you just stuff all that information in there and you just, uh, you get done with the test and if you were given the test the next day, there, you couldn't recall anything. It was just a very short-term thing. Well, this is my favorite. Uh, there was a time when I was in college and I learned about osmosis. Osmosis. And it's the, uh, things move from high, in biological factors, and even in the physical world, things move from high density to low density. And so I always figured, boy, if you just piled on the books, you know, and I, you know, I even tried sleeping on a textbook once, figuring that the, the knowledge would go <laughs> from, you know, my head into the, where it was low density, my brain. So I, it, was a, it was an interesting thing. And so, uh, but all this stuff, again, it, it just ends up with, yeah, you pass the test and everything else, but that's, that's the goal. But some of it you retain, some of it you don't. Now... I don't know how many of you will watch reruns of your favorite TV shows or movies. I had a, a mentor years ago and he says, one of the joys of getting to old age is that you get to relive your life again and everything is new. And when I find I'm watching an old Columbo and I can't figure, I say, I know this, I, I've watched this, but I don't have the foggiest idea who did it. You know, it's just kind of like, I'm watching it all over. You know, so where did all that information go? It dis disappeared. Uh, but there's another example. There's Israel. Okay, and we can make a lot of fun of Israel. But don't, it's kind of like throwing stones when you're in a glass house. Um, they're in Egypt. I'm not going to go through the whole story here. But they're in Egypt. They're in slavery. God says, I'm going to deliver you out. He brings them out of Egypt. He parts the Red Sea. He wipes out the Egyptian army. He provides them water. 
and he takes them to a mountain. He's got a pillar of fire at night there. He's got a cloud by day to lead them. Wow. So Moses comes down from the mountain, and he gives a report to the people, all the words that the Lord had said about all the ordinances, and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has spoken, we will do. Now, no responses, no body language. How many times have you sat in this room and said, oh, Lord, yes. That spirit is just hitting and you just go, I, oh, I got to do this. I've got to put this, incorporate this into my life. Well, a few days later, they're out worshiping a golden calf to take them back to Egypt because it's much better. Where was that commitment to Lord Everything that you have told me what to do, we will do. Okay, I have a little illustration. Josiah? It's one way to wake up the kid. Many years ago, I, I learned this. And it, 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 it's the one thing that that provided some clarity. Now, this is my Bible, and the reason it's so thick is because it's large print. All right, I used to have a thin Bible, and then I, I got tired of having to actually have binoculars to see the print. Okay, now Josiah, what I want you to do is I'm going to hold this in my hand. Now, don't and don't pull me over, okay, or hurt me, okay. But I'm going to I'm going to hold on to it in different ways. And I want you to just use just the appropriate amount of pressure to take it out of my hand. Now, I'm just going to hold it on with, with one pinky. Okay. I'm just going to hold that. Can you, can you take that out of my hand? Oh, that's not too difficult, huh? Now, I'm going to hold, hold on with two hands. A little bit more difficult. Let's see how... I'm going to use a little bit of hand. Okay. And now I'm just going to use uh, four fingers. He's not pulling very hard. He's being kind. You were raised well. Okay, now I'm going to put have all five digits. Okay. That's difficult. Now, for those of Josiah's generation, and maybe a little bit older, I'm going to pull out their Bible. <laughs> and we're just going to go through the same thing, same, don't break it because it's expensive. Okay. And I do the same thing. It's going to be the same, same aspect. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well done. So right about in your, in your mind, you should be saying, what was that all about? Just wanted to prove that Josiah was stronger than me. 
Okay. There we go. You're doing good, Jan. Back when I was in college, I was involved with the, the Navigators. And they were a discipleship aspect. And just a little side note, one of the things that was interesting, they're, they're what you refer to as a parachurch organization. And one of the things that bothered me, even in college with very little knowledge and information, I'm sitting there going, why are they separate from the church? And one of the, one of the blessings of coming to Red Bluff was I, I attended a church in which the pastor there was raised up through the navigators and I saw him work the navigator program within a church concept. And it, and it worked and I sat there and I said, thank you Lord for showing that to me, allowing me to see it. But they have this hand illustration. And if you look at it, I'm not going to go into a deep thing in the hearing, but there's hearing, and this is one of the things I, I, I learned, um, and it was prevalent in, in, back in the years in school, and this probably is a little bit different than what they know now, but it still generally holds true. If you hear something, um, it's like holding on to the Bible with your pinky. It disappears real quick. If you read it, well, it's a little bit more intense, and you get understanding. Studying it brings it even more and stronger. Memorizing it really gives you a fairly good grasp. But boy, there's this thing called meditation that is, puts that clamp on the data, on the concepts, on what you've understood. And so they have, uh, that's Psalm 1. Jan, can you click it? Oh, there we go. Okay. Click it one more, please. Thank you. Um, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night, and he will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. And the key aspect is meditate on the word, on the law of the Lord. And meditate is a, is a concept of, it's not like uh, the Eastern religions where you kind of sit in crossways and go, hmm, and empty your mind. It's totally opposite of that. It's, you sit down there and you ponder and you think about what has gone on. Uh, you imagine, what was this all about? And it, it was, it's been described to me in times of, it's like a, uh, a cattle chewing its cud. It goes down and it eats up a whole bunch of grass, and then it goes down and lays down and just sits there and just brings up the food again and just chews it and breaks it down and so that it's, it's edible. And it's a matter of saying, okay, what is it that this passage, this biblical truth that has just been presented What does it mean? And how does it apply? All right. Okay, Jan, you're going to need to... Uh, okay. But just remember those points. Okay, application time. Yeah. Okay. And that making an application is one form of meditation. 
and you ask yourself, so what? Why? What does this really mean? And part of the things, if you listen to the pastor's teaching of Vanat, is making sure that you have the right understanding of the biblical truth so that you can apply it appropriately. appropriately. Next click, Jan, please. Okay. So what I want you to do, a little assignment, if you have a pen and a piece of paper, or you have your phone, or if you don't, do it mentally. Uh, but I want you to take just a minute to just jot down as many different ways that you can think of that would help you make an application of a biblical truth or concept. I'm not asking you to make an application, but how could you make an application? Jan, next slide, please. Next, okay. Did you get stuck? Did you, do you wish you had more ideas? Sometimes you get in a rut. This is the only way I can make application. I can provide one application. But if we started pulling together all the different ways that we have decided, looked at, well, how we could make applications... There'd be tens of different ways to make an application of a passage of truth. Okay. Paul Stubbs had a class, Sunday school class, that started off with a discussion and application of the sermon. And this actually resulted in more ideas and corrections of misconstrued concepts. And it also filled in for those blanks where you were distracted and you say yeah there the pastor had had three points and I remember one of them and the group would say well you know somebody would say well here was the second one and somebody would say well here's the third one and you'd find out that oh so-and-so was distracted during the the third one and because we have different experiences and we have different ways of looking at things, we approach problems differently. This is one of my favorite passages out of Proverbs, is 27.17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And if you have time to talk with one another, and you kick around a passage, then all of a sudden it's kind of like, oh yeah, I can see there's an application. Or hey, this was an application I wasn't even thinking about. And that really applies, and that's an area in my life that I need to, to really work with. You get to bounce things off of people to protect yourself from having the wrong concept and running uh, awry. Nate, in his messages, he has, uh, at the very bottom of the op handouts, Opportunities for you to make an application. Now, I'm assuming that all of you fill that out, and you fill it out fully. And we're not, where does that go? 
in the garbage. <laughs> well, mine goes in, I've got a little pouch in my Bible, and it will, it will still in there, and then all of a sudden I'll pick up my Bible, and they go all over the floor, and I go, well, it's time to start culling them. And pretty soon I say, well, these are, these are good things. I want to keep them. So I put them in a pile, and I happen to be married to a cleanie, and those of us who have the piling system are uh, in conflict with those who have a clean environment approach to life. The other thing that happens when, sometimes when, when a message is made, and sometimes these are the ones that, that attract uh, your attention, is because the person who is speaking will give you the application. All right. And, it, and, it, and it's really the lazy person's way of doing it because you are taking what they think the application is. And I refer to these people as more as recruiters because they've already set up their message because they want you to make an application that pertains to what they want you to do. And that might not be what God wants you to do. There's a biblical truth there and a biblical concept. And that is, that is what you're to follow. But what you actually do with your time, you might not, God might not want you to be a minister or a missionary to Iran. Okay. He might, but he might not. And when you hear people giving messages and they, and they have the recruiter mentality in their message, they've already got it figured out that you need to be in their project or whatever they're recruiting for. All right. The... Uh, But we need to be aware of, if we, as a passage is, we need to do the work of making it our own by making that application as it pertains to us. Because that's when we hold on to it. Then we are grabbing on to that concept. And if you think about it, the concepts that you have retained over your life are the ones where you've spent time thinking about how it works out. And that is what, if, if we're focused on that, and how are we going to apply this truth? Um, one of the things in application, uh, one of the, the words I, I like is, is the so what. I mean, here's, a, here's some information, and you just sit there and say, so what? You have to say, okay, why? Now, one of the things that helped me in my early years, a pastor was sharing with me. He said, if you believe that God is in control, and you are in this building this morning, then there is something that the Lord God Almighty wants you to know. It might have already occurred. It might have been occurred during the, the hymns. It might have occurred in just somebody you crossed paths with. It might have, there's, a, there's a zillion different things that could have happened. But if you're here, he wanted you here. And why are you here? 
And it might be, I'm here to serve. I'm here. I need to be doing something. Or I need to be doing, I, want, I needed to hear this or that. Or it could be a passing comment. As you're getting in your car, somebody just gives a greeting of some sort and you just go, oh, I needed that. All right. We're going to summarize. Yeah, Jan, help me out here. Okay. Okay. Next click. Okay. The application of biblical truths helps us keep from losing the truth. Otherwise, it ends up like all the stuff in my stuffed in my Bible that just falls out and it's and it's kind of I'll go back and I go, Oh, was that in a message? I don't recall that. Okay, next one. Application takes time and thought. It takes work. Next one. Next time, the many times there are multiple applications of a single biblical truth. Uh, just using Psalm 1 as an example, uh, you could come up with the application, I will try to have uh, time with God every morning where I meditate on the Bible verses I read. Or you could say, I'm going to read one verse, even if you do it with the... Uh, the aspect of. I'm going to read one verse and I'm going to see how that verse applies to my life. You might say, okay, I'm going to read a devotional. And it's going to talk about the scripture and it's going to point out a, a thing. I'm going to say, how can I, you know, reading that, can I make an application? I'm going to have a time uh, where I'm going to meditate on one of the sermon points, one of, a message I heard, what I just heard on the radio or something during lunch. I'm going to be sure that it's, I'm off and it's quiet and I can think about it. Or just before bedtime. I happen to be a morning person. My best time is, is in the morning. But I also know that I have lots of friends who are night people. And about the time that I am brain dead, they're just starting to wake up and uh, get going. You know what? I don't read so well, so but I know someone who does. So I'm going to call them up and I'm going to ask them about a Bible verse. I'm going to talk with them about it. And I'm just going to make this as a, uh, a weekly thing. I'm going to get together just on... I'm just going to spend time in God's Word for two hours on Saturday morning because I've got no interruption. Those are all valid applications. But the thing is, is it's spending time in God's Word, and, and it all depends on what's going on in, in your life. Okay, next point. A presenter can provide one or more applications. I just provided you with a half dozen. But you could say, Glenn, none of those work for me. I don't touch them. But, but you know what? I'm thinking about it. This might be one way I could, I could implement this. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit knows you better than anybody else. And if you listen to what he says, he's going to lead you to the right application. It said that the Spirit is coming to be the teacher. Okay. Next point. 
it is up to each of us to make an application for ourselves. All right. Don't let other people make up an application. They don't know what you're dealing with in life. They can, they can make an application as, as they see it pertains generally, but nobody knows what we're going through in life. We don't know what those, those issues are that we're struggling with. And so it's kind of like, okay. Next point. This is one. We should not be making applications for others. And I say should not, okay, um, for spouses and children. I was raised with this thing of, you know, the sore spot on a husband's side is the ribs where the wife is. You listening? Not that the, the husbands don't deserve it, okay? I'm not saying that, but it's just, um, when you're making application, you know, I, I kind of, it gets back, God interfered in my life. And he allowed me to see and understand that he is the Lord God most high. And that he sent his son to die for my sins that I would have eternal life. This book is written for me. Sorry, guys. Doesn't pertain to you. No. But I look at it, as I read through it, it is, it is written for me. And it's the spirit is working in my life as he highlights things, as he points out passages. Um, I've heard many of you testify uh, from time to time and saying, you know, I've read through that passage must be a hundred times in my life and I never saw this aspect of the verse. And that's, that's the spirit working. As long as, you know, it's moving you in the direction and, and this stuff is just loaded with all kinds of stuff for me. And so as soon as your mind, um, I will go almost, almost to the point of saying, if you're having a time in the Word of God and you're meditating on it, you're thinking about it, you're chewing on it, and the past and the thought comes, you know, this would really be a good application of this passage for Luke Beck. That's probably coming from the evil one because he's distracting you from how it applies in your own life. Okay. Luke doesn't have any problems. He doesn't have to worry about that. So he just, okay. He just, we got enough problems individually that we just, we need to just focus on what we have. Okay. And the last point, go forth and don't let the door wipe any information out of your brain, okay? And that's the key point. Because if you apply, if we apply what we are hearing, and not everything we hear is applicable, okay? But if we are applying things, we're not going to have it wiped out of our brain. Okay? And be looking for different ways that you can apply passages of scripture and how you can help um, you know sometimes the best the best times for uh, this kind of aspect you know many churches have small groups and it's during those times I remember 
uh, Bible study time we had. And boy, we would just, uh, it was just all about application. And it was really, it was tremendous, the truths that were learned during that time. Because you'd hear different people's perspectives and understandings. And it was just, it was actually, actually great. So, Lord Jesus, uh, grant us uh, a good week and help us. And Lord, that you would uh, you'd help us incorporate the aspect of applying your word to, your, to our lives, that we would be found to be faithful servants of yours. And thank you so much for how you've, uh, you came to save us, you came to minister in our lives, you sent us your spirit to work in our lives. And just thank you, and that your name would be glorified. Amen. Go forth.